Hello and welcome to the Reorg Europe bi-weekly podcast. My name is Sean Kureshi and I'm a legal analyst in London. This week I'm joined by my colleague from Debt Explained, senior legal analyst Brian Conway. Debt Explained is now part of Reorg and is the leading provider in data, analysis and reports on the European high yield bond and leverage loan documentation. This week, Brian will be discussing the highlights of the European Leverage Loan Market Update, Q4 2018. The report itself is available in full on the Debt Explained website and also available for free on request. If you are a Reorg subscriber, please reach out to your usual contact at Reorg for access. So, Brian, before we delve into the details of the update, can you explain what it is and how it works? Thanks, Sean. The aim of the quarterly loan market update is to provide an overview of certain market trends in the European syndicated leverage loan market by looking at a selection of key terms commonly found in senior facilities agreement over the relevant period. The data is derived from our representative loan terms database, which gives us the ability to compare data on more than 500 deals using more than 450 data points. Great. So how did 2018 look? What types of deals came together? Well, in terms of deal activity, there was a consistent flow throughout 2018. We saw a moderate slowdown in new acquisitions over the course of the year, but we've also seen borrowers and sponsors taking advantage of a healthy demand from investors to refinance their existing deals with repricings and dividend recaps. Great. So what kind of key trends are we now seeing in the market? Well, there's been a a long-term trend of erosion of covenant protections that were traditionally afforded to lenders. In 2018, only a very small number of deals included maintenance covenants for the benefit of term lenders. Covlite, where the financial covenant, usually a single leverage covenant, operates for the benefit of the revolving lenders only, is almost universally accepted as the market standard. Further diluting the efficacy of the financial covenant, borrowers have widened the scope of the equity cures. All but a handful of deals in 2018 included EBITDA cures, but significantly, there's been a growth in the number of deals that included an RCF prepayment cure. This is where the borrower is able to apply the cure proceeds in reduction of the RCF outstandings so that the springing leverage threshold trigger is no longer breached. These types of cures provide additional flexibility to borrowers. EBITDA cures typically include restrictions on overcures, consecutive cures, and the overall number of cures which may be used in any financial year and or over the life of the facilities. Prepayment cures are not generally subject to any of these restrictions. Okay, so beside equity cures, what other ways are borrowers seeking to increase their flexibility? What about their ability to make adjustments to EBITDA? Borrowers have been increasing their flexibility to use projected cost savings and synergies to adjust EBITDA for the purposes of their facilities. The type of transactions to which such cost savings and synergies may be attributable is being expanded beyond acquisitions to include investments, disposals and cost-saving initiatives. In addition, the safeguards which lenders have used in the past to restrict the scope for creativity are being taken away. Traditionally, there have been requirements for certification, restrictions on time during which the cost savings and synergies are projected to be realised and caps on the amount of the adjustments. The number of deals which included no requirement for certification, either from management or from a third-party valuer or auditor, increased from just over 10% in Q1 to more than 50% in Q4. Over the same period, there was a reduction in the number of deals that required third-party certification of the adjustments from 70% in Q1 to 33% in Q4.
At the same time, the period over which cost savings and synergies are required to be realised has continued to move out from the formerly standard to 12 months, and 18 to 24 months is now the most common. The deals in which the adjustments for cost savings and synergies were uncapped represented one-third of the market in the first half of the year, but that fell in the second half of the year, during which period caps of 20 to 25% were most common. Okay, how about uh, change of control features? How do they look in 2018? In European deals previously, it was standard that the occurrence of a change of control was a trigger for automatic acceleration of the facilities. It's become unusual, and in 2018, more than 90% of the deals that we reviewed, change of control was a trigger for a put option for individual lenders. Okay, what about mandatory prepayment categories? Well, consistent with the shift away from maintenance covenants and requirements for deleveraging, we saw a convergence in European deals with New York law loans and high-yield bond terms. In Q4 2018, less than 10% of deals included requirements to prepay loans from acquisition claims and report proceeds. This is down from more than 30% in Q1. And while this could be attributed in part to the reduction in the number of new acquisition deals during that quarter, it's consistent with the growth in COV-like deals and the move away from the requirement for deleveraging. Okay, how about pricing protection for lenders? Did this feature positively or negatively? Positively for investors, in particular given the increase in refinancings. Almost all deals that we reviewed included soft call protection for at least one senior term facility. However, the effectiveness of the protection is being restricted by the inclusion of conditions as to maturity and currency and exclusions which limit the scope of the protection. For instance, 75% of deals in Q4 included exclusions for transformative acquisitions, up from just 40% in Q1, and almost all deals in 2018 included exclusions for change of control and listing. Most favoured nation protection was included in all but a few deals reviewed by us in 2018, with most deals including a 1% yield or margin cap, but as with soft call protection, the scope of its application was often restricted by the inclusion of limitations as to currency and maturity, amongst others. There was some fluctuation in the length of sunset periods over the course of the year. The number of deals with no sunset period increased during Q2 and Q3. Perhaps this is a reflection of pushback from investors during those periods but then we see it fall again in Q4. Great, so are there any other areas where lenders are seeing pressure from borrowers? For instance, the trigger for margin ratchet to revert to its highest level. It used to be standard that the margin ratchet would revert to its highest level upon the occurrence of any event of default. While this traditional trigger was present in 46% of the deals that were reviewed in Q1, by Q4, more than 55% of deals reverted to the highest level only upon the occurrence of a payment insolvency or financial information and compliance certificate event of default. Okay, let's, uh, let's talk about transferability, as it's one of the areas which has become a key battleground for both borrowers and lenders. What did 2018 show? Borrowers are continuing to seek to exercise greater control over the makeup of their lender syndicate, an issue to which they're particularly sensitive when the borrower is not meeting its obligations. Lenders are generally required to get the borrower's consent before they can transfer it to a third party. In the past, that requirement has fallen away on the occurrence of any event of default. We've seen a dilution of this requirement so that the requirement for borrower consent falls away only on the occurrence of a specified material event of default, most commonly payment or bankruptcy events of default. How about voting thresholds? Did they also erode? And how did supermajority approvals feature? 
There's been a reduction in the number of deals that included requirements for supermajority lender approvals. Perhaps this is a reflection of the growth of deals including New York style and high yield bond covenant packages. We've noted an increase in the number of deals setting majority lenders uh, threshold for consent at 50% or more. The standard for New York loans, but weaker than the traditional standard for English and other European law deals of 66 and two thirds percent. All of the deals reviewed by us in the second half of 2018 included the 50.1% threshold. There were a number of deals that also sought to have the best of both worlds by including a 50.1% threshold, except for acceleration for which a 66 and two third percent threshold was required. Thanks, Brian. This is the end of the Reorg Europe podcast. We will be back in two weeks' time. If you'd like more information on Desk Explained and the European Leverage Loan Market Update, Q4 2018, please reach out to your usual contact at Reorg.